Welcome to Two Songs, One Couple, where a geeky metalhead husband swaps songs with his nerdy country girl wife. Grab a drink, get comfy, and join us on our musical chat. Happy Valentine's Day! Happy Love Day! Oh my god, it's so romantic! Happy Made Up Day! To sell greeting cards, to sell. It's not made up. To pack restaurants, to stimulate the economy. Not made up. At the expense of you, lovers. Not made up. Us lovers. Not made up. What is this holiday? (laughs) Doesn't they go back to the St. Valentine's Day massacre or something? No. They only call that the massacre because it occurred on Valentine's Day. Wasn't Valentine a saint? Saint of what? I don't know. I'm a Jew. Saint of love? Come on, Catholic. Yeah. So St. Valentine went around diddling people's parts until they connected to each other. Wait, what? So he diddled some balls and then he diddled some flaps. What? And then connected the two using his finger powers. I don't think this is accurate. And then once they connected, the man splooshed inside the woman and out comes more Christians. (laughs) More Catholics. This is how Catholics have populated the world. All because of St. Valentine. Valentine. Nobody looked this up. This is fact. (laughs) Yep, totally passes the sniff test. All right, well, happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. And to celebrate, we have a great theme for today's podcast. Yeah, we have breakup songs. Oh, so happy. The trick is you break up the day before Valentine's Day. You don't have to get a gift. And then after Valentine's Day... Maybe like a week or two removed, so you can have some cool down, get back together, and you're you're scot-free. You don't have to get them a gift. That's so messed up. That's the way to go. And that was lover's advice from the great Peter. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, like I'm saying, it's a made-up holiday. No, not made-up made holiday, um... <laughs> just over-commercialized. Yeah, a lot of times these holidays are stolen, re- reappropriated, redone. Appropriated. You got Christmas. For some reason, there's a big fluffy dude in a suit watching kids. We're going to piss off a whole bunch of people right now. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. This fluffy dude is just watching your kids at all times. (laughs) Who thinks that's a good idea? Imagine you telling your kids, like, there's a guy watching you all the time. He sees you. He sees you in the bathroom. It's fucked up. And then you got... Yeah, Easter, you got this little uh, bunny farting around, and then you see, like, at, like, malls and stuff, there's, like, a life-size bunny. Like, how <laughs> fucking scary is that, dude? <laughs> Can you imagine if bunnies were that huge? Yeah. And there's, like, this army of, like, man-sized bunnies, come, you know, <laughs> coming to take over the world? It's fucked. I don't actually think Easter is appropriated. I think that might be a very specific holiday just for Christians. Yeah, but then it's, like, why is there a bunny? Putting, a, yeah. like, a cartoon on it to make it, like, sellable? Yeah, that's true. It is a little weird. Not quite like sure why eggs. Bunnies don't lay eggs, do they? They don't fart eggs. What is that? <laughs> why are they painted? Yeah, I don't know the like, origins of that one. So you're telling me there's this man-sized bunny shitting eggs and then painting them. And then like, hey, kids, touch my shit. Well, we're... Find my shit. Touch so... my poop. <laughs> so chew here. I never made the connection between a bunny and the eggs. I always thought that those were two separate things. I don't know. In the holiday. <laughs> and that maybe the egg signifies rebirth and the birth of Jesus. It's supposed to be like his resurrection, right? So it would make sense that the egg was rebirth. Yeah, but those eggs are unfertilized eggs. So you're saying that Jesus never come back. He's never hatching out of that egg. It's a symbol, Peter. <laughs> okay. What's the love, bunny mean? I love how the Jew is fighting for like... <laughs> <laughs> the Christian beliefs. I am not the best advocate for this, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm shitting all over my religion. <laughs> What's up, friends and family? <laughs> all my Catholic friends and family. <laughs> 
No, you're not shitting on the religion I'm and the beliefs. I'm just questioning how we got from celebrating Jesus to a bunny. There you or go. Or celebrating Jesus to a dude watching your kids at all times. Yeah. So now we go to Valentine's Day. A little naked baby in a diaper flying around shooting a bow and arrow. That's Cupid. Yeah, he's a symbol <laughs> of Valentine's Day, right? True. But Cupid is kind of actually a relevant symbol for Valentine's Day because Valentine's Day was a reappropriation of a Roman holiday, Lupercalia, and Cupid stems from Greek and Roman myths. So that at least makes some sense. Yeah, you are right. So for all you lovers out there, this is not the episode for you. This is an episode for those that may be struggling during Valentine's Day and need a little release. And so we are going to get into our feels and talk about breakup songs. It's cathartic to listen to breakup songs when you're in the dumps. Yes. Plus, it's kind of shitty of everybody on this particular day making everybody else feel shitty because they're not paired up. In the spirit of celebrating wholeness in yourself. Fuck those love songs. Let's get into some breakup songs. Yeah. Drag me to death like a lit cigarette took my last breath like the smoke from my lips i've lied for you and i liked it too but my knees are bruised from kneeling to you i've had enough but you're too hard to quit we've had our fun now your sugar makes me sick i've lied for you and i liked it too but my makeup's ruined and you a brand new song Ooh. it's not from the 90s it's Ooh. it's not from the early 20s Ooh. yeah it's from 2020 boom holy shit we were watching birds of prey it's an okay movie but this song and this scene in the movie was really speaking to me i really really dug it so this song is called jokes on you it's by charlotte lawrence and it's from the birds of prey soundtrack yeah, movie was okay. It was better than Suicide Squad. They're just kind of cobbled a bunch of anti-heroes together. And Harley Quinn just naturally leaps off the screen. And now we have Birds of Prey, which really focuses on Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. That was the right move. And it is a step in the right direction. So backing way, way up for people who aren't as nerdy as you. So Harley Quinn and the Suicide Squad, those are all movies based on the comics and Batman slash DC universe. Is that accurate, nerd? That is correct. Thank you. I love Harley Quinn as the character. She's smart. She's weird as shit. And she's funny. And she's super cute, too, FYI. I really dug the character development in Birds of Prey, but as a movie at large, it got a little slow, and, you know, DC Universe is not my favorite. Harley Quinn was never originally in the Batman comics. She was an original creation for the Batman animated series show. Mm, you remember that one? No. The WB cartoon. <laughs> um, you oh, actually, didn't watch I do. That at all. I, I do remember it. I'm just trying not to be as nerdy as you. She was original to that show, and she was so popular that they retconned her and put her in the comics. Mm. That's very rare for an original creation. Look at Resident Evil, for example. The main character is Alice. 
<laughs> not in the games. They just made her up. Like, oh. what the fuck is this? I didn't know that. They completely changed the main character, and it made no sense to me. So I didn't like the movie. And so it's astounding that Harley Quinn, as an original creation, became so popular that they put her into the comic. Mm-hmm. As a character, I think she's awesome. I also think, oh, shit, what's the actress's name who played her? Margot Robbie? Yeah, she's awesome. I will watch anything that she puts out. She could, like, shit in a cup, and I would watch that. Oh, I would watch that, too. Oh, my God. (laughs) You and me are here. People pay good money for that content. Anyways, y'all get my point. Okay, as you were trying to get me away from (laughs) the comic and the movie, we want to talk about this song. Yeah, what'd you think? The song's pretty good. The singer, I don't know who she is. But I looked her up afterwards. She's 20 years old. She can't even drink yet. Mm-hmm. Her singing's good. Her vocals have kind of a breathy quality. She reminds me of Billie Eilish and Avril Lavigne. When she sings, she has a, a good, uh, mm-hmm. make those noises. Yeah, you know? the little cry. They call, uh, they call it a cry. Uh, <laughs> uh, is there an official term for that? Yeah. At least one of my music teachers who is very, very big on starting your vocals with cries every time that is a specific style some teachers oh, say do that all the time because it's was, supposed uh, to start you and he called it a, a cry okay so she does a lot of crying it's very appropriate mm-hmm. for the song it's not written by her though because it's a song composed specifically for this soundtrack mm-hmm. she was just hired as a voice to it yeah so it's written by i think the guy that did the score it's three people yeah i i'm happy that you brought that up because i do think that charlotte lawrence deserves some credit for being the artist behind the song and seeing the song in the way that she does that's what first drew me to it Mm -hmm. but what captivated me and kept me listening over and over were the lyrics that was written by three different people do you have those listed daniel pemberton imad royal and cara salamando and the lyrics are just beautiful. It's poetry on the page. Some of the pictures that they're painting are just really cool. Like one of them is, and now I'm laughing through my tears. I'm crying through my fears. But baby, if I had to choose, the joke's on you. So I'm going to choose me over you. But I'm I'm struggling with that. And then like the beginning of the song paints this picture of drag me to death like a lit cigarette. Took my last breath like the smoke from my lips. I've lied for you, and I liked it too, but my knees are bruised from kneeling to you. That's a great picture in my brain, and it's like a punch in the face right when it starts. Yeah, it's a real good representation of the relationship between Harley Quinn and the Joker. Very light spoilers. The whole movie is about Harley Quinn breaking up with the Joker. Then the movie does go into how she is still seen as the Joker's number two she cannot be scolded because she is still under the joker's protection and so the the whole song and movie is about her breaking out from that and being independent yeah and so if y'all are looking for a non-romantic movie to watch this valentine's day check out birds of prey yep so what i didn't like the fake drum beat is typical of pop songs i'm not gonna trash it too much for that but specifically there's like this trap hi-hat yeah that's in it it's like i don't know whoever produced it is probably like this is hip throw that shit in (laughs) but overall song is is pretty good i totally agree like i'm not a huge fan of that trap hi-hat sound i actually find it quite annoying but i didn't even latch on to that or catch on to that in this song yeah charlotte lawrence her vocals are good have you checked out any of her other music 
I haven't, when I was looking up this song, I was trying to find an album of hers that she's released, but I think she's a really new artist. She has one, I think. She has right? a few similar songs to this where they're on soundtracks and they're okay. like singles that have been released. At the time that I looked up this song, I didn't see a full album, at least not on Spotify. I think she's good in this song and I want to give her credit where credit is due. I don't know if this song makes me want to listen to more of her stuff because I feel like the writing is what drew me into this song and I don't know if she's going to be able to replicate that. You're probably not going to take the risk of quote-unquote ruining this artist by listening to more. I was disappointed. I'm not gonna lie. I was really disappointed that she didn't write it Mm -hmm. but I shouldn't hold that against her. She's still an artist. She's still a part of the song that drew me into it. Let's say this. I'm not going to specifically look her up and her album's up, but if she's played on the radio, then I'll dig her. Cool. You'll wait for the radio to to tell you if she's good. I know. I know that's bad. But how about you? I'm curious, yes, if I can find her album somewhere. Even if I'm mildly interested in an artist, I want to dive deeper and see, maybe I'll really like this artist the more I go, or I won't. Part of my journey, I hear a song from someone new. I want to listen to everything they've done (laughs) and then judge to see if, if I'm into them. Versus just listening to one song and then being too scared to venture out and see if the other songs are garbage. And then I'm like, oh, this artist sucks. Whereas I can just hold on to that one song and just be like, wait, hold up. It's not fear. It's time in the day. I ain't got time to waste on shatty music. If I have a song that I like, I'm going to listen to that over potential songs that I may or may not like. The moral of the story is that the radio tell you what's good. No. I found this song outside of the radio, dickhead. <laughs> the moral of the story is let movies tell you which songs are good. No. <laughs> the moral of the story is be open-minded sometimes. <laughs> that is the advice. On Valentine's Day, have an open mind sometimes. Okay, so how many Birds of Prey would you rate this? I'm right around three, maybe 3.2. Oh. American Bald Eagle, because we're American. American. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I don't hold it against her that she didn't write it either. It's well composed. The lyrics are good, except for one spot. It's not her fault, but whoever wrote the lyrics rhymes. You, and then two, and then ruined. Then you should ruin me. Yeah, I've lied for you. I've lied for you. And I, I like it too. too. My makeup's ruined. ruined. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> to her credit, she does her very damn best to try to fit ruined to rhyme with you and two kind of works but it sticks out and like what the hell yeah but like in the writer's defense it's okay if it kind of jars you because it's supposed to it's supposed to jar you and say hey okay i'm stopping with the verse now time for chorus okay that's an interesting way to s- explain how it's shitty <laughs> i did it on purpose because it's art yeah it's just that tiny thing overall it's good yay i can't lie
song that I give to you is by Vanden Plas. It's called I Don't Miss You, and it's off of the album Far Off Grace that came out in 1999. And what do you think? This isn't my first time listening to this song or hearing this song. They're a band that I initially did not like, but they grew on me pretty quickly. I like this song. This song is depressing. It definitely gets me in the feels. It's dark. It's dramatic. It makes you feel sad. So I think if it wasn't for the lyrics, this could be a beautiful love song. But it's not. It's dark and beautiful. I don't know. It kind of gives you the sense of kind of a petulant child because he's like, I don't love you. I don't even miss you, but I wish you'll die. Oh, and die in my arms, not just die somewhere else. I need to see it. It's beautiful. And then you get to that chorus and you're like, whoa, that's dark. Can you imagine if they did this song, sang it in German? The lyrics were to this, and then we would probably assume, oh, that's a sweet love song. I totally would. <laughs> um, Yeah, it could totally be a love song. And it kind of is. It's someone yearning for their love, but dealing with it in such a way that it comes out as hate. And then there's that whole saying of that thin line between love and hate. This is it right here. Totally. I don't think he truly wants his love to die, but it's just an expression of his feelings for him or her at the moment. All the lyrics are written by the singer, Andy Kuntz. (laughs) Andy Kuntz? I don't know. (laughs) K-U-N-T-Z. Kuntz or Kuntz? I don't know. What is it? He's on regional theater and like regional musicals. Jesus Christ Superstar, Little Shop of Horrors. Oh. He has a big laundry list. I'm curious though what you think about his vocal technique because when I listen to him, he doesn't utilize much vibrato. Kind of rare among quote unquote technically proficient singers. Technically trained. Yeah, they uh-huh. usually do vibrato. Number one is a technique and number two to hide the fact that you don't have to hit the note accurately. You can just kind of fart around, look at how good I am doing this vibrato. It's kind of like when you see violin players, Uh when you watch an orchestra play, they're all like jacking off their violin with their left hand to do that vibrato because they don't have to hit the note exactly. They just have to kind of be in the Well, because hitting the note exactly for a prolonged period of time is very, very hard. Given that, what do you think about his vocal technique and his abilities? I'm not a vibrato snob. If you can sustain a note for that long without vibrato, that's awesome. But if you need vibrato, then I'm all for it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, to have vibrato as a sign that you're a good singer, that's not a be-all, end-all technique to show that you're a good singer. When exactly what you're saying was even harder to maintain and hit a note accurately without vibrato. True. It's one of those things where it's a tool in your tool belt. I think a little bit goes a long way. I cannot stand those super quick vibratos. Um, Those tend to grate on me. I think people tend to put a little bit too much emphasis on vibrato and the need for it because it's not really a need. It's a tool. It's there for you to use when you need it. And if you don't need it, well, then fuck that tool. You go. You do you. That's awesome. Yeah. And he can hit these notes. I've heard their live album. It's called Spirit of Live. Sounds essentially how it sounds in the record. That's awesome. I haven't seen them live. As far as I know, they've never toured the States, or at least never toured the States extensively enough to reach the West Coast. A lot of times European bands will at least go to the East Coast. The East Coast is very bunched up. You can do New York, Boston, Chicago, all those major cities, driving distance. And then you go to the West Coast where everything's spread out. Yep. Going between here and LA is kind of shat because six to eight hour drive. Or if you drive up to Portland and Seattle, those are so far apart. So it makes more sense to stick to the East Coast. And kind of hoping that some bigger prog band would take them on the road. Dream theater. But... (laughs) 
But speaking of Dream Theater, Vanden Plaza does come from that crop of Me Too Dream Theater bands. They're huge pioneers for the progressive metal scene, and so so many bands in the 90s sounded like them. But this band kind of stuck out. They never quite hit it huge, at least here. I'm sure in Europe they're huge because they're still going strong. Yeah. a key change huh oh my god so that actually was my favorite part that build-up that happens in the middle and it's lovely key changes are out of fashion aren't they they're out of fashion but it's like the 80s trend right now where it's so bad that it's coming back around (laughs) that's so bad it's so good beyonce did it in one of her songs she had like a million of them she had like six of them and it worked i liked it yeah but like it's uh, like you don't like key changes fuck you here's 10 of them (laughs) boom Just to have that one dramatic key change at the end. Not as trendy anymore, huh? Not really. I think of the songs on the radio now. There's no key changes in the radio right right now. Yeah. It's out of fashion. It is. But the song is also old. The song is like, what? 99. Yeah, see, it's old. It's back when key changes were super overdone. All right. Out of five vibratos, how would you rate this song? I'm going to give it a four. I like the song. It's definitely a grower. Yeah, it's dark and beautiful and moving. What's missing for that one point? I'm just curious. Like what would give it what yeah, would what get would, into a five? What would make it a five? The reason why Vandenplas is a grower instead of like an instant connection for me is the male singer's tone. Oh, interesting. I like the way that he sounds now, but it took me a while to get past how odd it is, I guess. Because <laughs> it's not the typical male singer voice kind of reminds me a little bit of muppets for lack of a better description which muppet is andy (laughs) cunt so getting used to his tone that's why it's a grower instead of like an instant connection which muppet though which muppet does he sound like does (laughs) he sound like kermit does he sound like uh not kermit waka waka dude no but maybe it's ernie it's a little bit of he's a little (laughs) he's a little nasally yeah slightly higher pitched nasally is a good good way to put it but his tone is similar to like rush the lead singer of rush where it took me a while to get into because it's so different Mm -hmm. right but once i got into it i dig it so that's why it's four out of five okay that is a wrap on our valentine's day episode whether you have a partner or not we hope you have a great valentine's day spread more love spread love we love you and we hope you love us thank you for listening to two songs one couple if you like what you hear and you want more Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TwoSongsOneCouple.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you very much. Bye.
Um, but then it. Uh, Fuck, dude. <laughs> Come on. Jesus Christ. Taking you back to the pound. No. We turn it to dog glue. Stop it. You're dog gonna... meat. Knock it off. Dog bacon. Shh. Dog. Let me get this out. <laughs> Tenderloin. You're going to be cutting all of this. It's going to have like, you know how you put like pig knuckles into soup? Okay. <laughs> dog soup. Travis is not happy with you. Happy to look for Kalia. Oh, it's not. Wait. Greek or Roman? Roman. Yeah, that's right. Roman. I did it right. <laughs> it's a little looper, Kalia. Now make another love, but put in a pin in a vagina.